What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Real Deal Podcast. If you're new here, my name is Antonio Moreno, and today we're going to be discussing the Cristiano Ronaldo situation at Manchester United, where he could go next, and all the headlines for Ronaldo prior to the World Cup this season. It's been one of the biggest talking points in world football. Where is Ronaldo going to go? What happened at Manchester United? What led to the situation at Manchester United? Why did he come back to Manchester United in the first place? Was it the right decision? There are many talking points. Ronaldo recently having an interview with Piers Morgan on Piers Morgan Uncensored and speaking out for the first time throughout this whole situation that has transpired at Manchester United between him and the club. And he spoke and had a lot of things to say over the current situation he has been dealing with there at Manchester United. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. I hope you enjoy this episode. And we're going to get started. And in order to analyze the Cristiano Ronaldo situation, I think it's important to realize how did Ronaldo get back to Manchester United in the first place. It's important to realize Ronaldo's career, his trajectory, and where he started and how he ended up back at Manchester United in 2021. For those of you that do not follow soccer as much as some of my other friends might, it's important uh, for you to know that Cristiano Ronaldo is often regarded as one of the top players in the world and really in history. Uh, His trajectory, the career he's had, the clubs he's played for, the records he's broken, the trophies he's won. He's won practically everything. The only thing he really hasn't won is the World Cup. So it would be something if he is able to win the World Cup with Portugal this month uh, in Qatar. But in order to understand the Ronaldo situation, it's important to go back to the very beginning. It's important to go back to where he grew up, how he grew up, and where he started playing soccer, and how he was able to attract Manchester United for his first, for his first spell at the club. And I think it's very important to realize that. So, we're going to take a look at that. So, he grew up in, in the island of Madeira in Portugal. He grew up there, lived with his family. And, fun fact, Cristiano Ronaldo was named after Ronald Reagan because Ronald Reagan was his father's favorite actor. So, he was named after Ronald Reagan and grew up in the island of Madeira. Until the age of 12, he was with his family, grew up, he loved the game, played at the local academies, local teams there on the island, and he fell in love with the game. And at the age of 12, he decides to go to the Sporting Lisbon Academy. Now, Sporting Lisbon, for those of you that don't know, is one of the major soccer teams in Portugal. It is located in the capital, Lisbon, in Portugal, and this was a big move for Ronaldo. It was a big change for him and a big change for his family. So Ronaldo goes to Sporting Lisbon at the age of 12, and he starts playing at the academy there, eventually making his way up to the first team. A lot of the scouts and a lot of the coaches, a lot of the people that are around the club, realize that he is a special talent. He's somebody that has great ability on the ball. He can shoot. He can score goals. He can be decisive. He has pace. He has energy. And he's a player that can determine the outcome of a game. And as he grew older at sporting, 
he was able to really develop his understanding of who he was as a football player. And others who were around him were able to see that development and realize that he was going to be somebody special. And in 2003, he had been playing now for a little over a year on the first team. And in 2003, Manchester United, during the preseason for the 2003-2004 season, comes over to Lisbon in Portugal to play a friendly, a summer friendly, against Sporting Lisbon. And this is what many considered, this game, many considered to be Cristiano Ronaldo's breakout game. This is where he first set the stage and first the world really saw who this kid was. Remember, at the time that Manchester United goes for this friendly game, Cristiano Ronaldo is 18 years old. So he is just a teenager that's trying to build a life in football. And Manchester United comes along with all the stars, Sir Alex Ferguson, who is often regarded as one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach, in British history, in certainly Premier League history, and was the coach of Manchester United for 27 years. Well, in 2003, Man United goes there, and Cristiano Ronaldo puts on a show. And I believe he does score a goal. Yes, he does. He scores a goal, and his skill moves, his ability on the ball, all of that he displayed and illustrated right before the eyes of Manchester United and Manchester United fans. And they saw that, and they said, we want that. And so Sir Alex Ferguson, during the months after the game, realizes that he needs to be part of Manchester United. He needs to be part of the future of this team. Because we see the talent and the potential that this kid has at playing this game. And in that breakout game, Sir Alex Ferguson not only sees who Ronaldo is as a player, but he also sees at just 18 years old, mind you, Ronaldo is 18 years old when this game is played, and Sir Alex Ferguson sees the potential that this kid has and now he could define the next era for Manchester United. So what ends up happening? Well, Manchester United puts in a bid, and they get him. And Sir Alex Ferguson wanted him. Sir Alex Ferguson did everything he could to get Manchester United to sign Cristiano Ronaldo that season. And indeed they did. And he signs for Manchester United at the age of 18 for 12 and a quarter million euros which at the time for an 18-year-old to sign for 12 and a quarter million euros in 2003 was astonishing. It was an astonishing fee for an 18-year-old at a big club to be signed for that amount of money. And so he signs for Manchester United, and this is where he becomes famous. And this is where he becomes one of the best. He grew his legacy. He was nurtured at Manchester United. He won three consecutive Premier League titles, which is the top division in England to win at the professional level. He won the UEFA Champions League, which is the European Cup for club soccer in Europe. And he also won his first Ballon d'Or in 2008 as a Manchester United player. So he became famous. He grew to be one of the best. And he just was too powerful for the Premier League. His speed, his agility... His shooting ability, 
He was a goal-scoring machine, but a player that was entertaining to watch. And during those years, between 2003 and 2009, that he played for Manchester United, it was always a joy to watch him play, and fans were willing to pay whatever they wanted to see this guy play on the field. Now, during this time, you see all of the field success, the on-field success, you see the trophies, you see the goals, you see the individual performances, the individual accolades that he gets, the Ballon d'Or, other trophies like the Premier League Player of the Month, Premier League Player of the Year. He was sensational. And during this time, he grows an important relationship with the players that were there at Manchester United at the time. At the time, Manchester United had legends of the game playing for them during this 2000s era. You had Rio Ferdinand, Roy Keane, Gary Neville, Wayne Rooney, among others. Paul Scholes, can also mention him. So, Ronaldo was able to play some of the best players in the world. And this is really, again, where he developed himself as a player and how he became one of the best, if not the best. And that was a big influence on him. But the other big influence, and I think the one that really needs to be emphasized, is the relationship he grows with Sir Alex Ferguson. As I said, Sir Alex Ferguson was the coach of Manchester United for 27 years, between 1986 and 2013. I believe he is the longest coach to ever coach an individual team. I believe he is the manager who is coached for one team the longest time in England. I don't know if in world soccer that's a record that holds, but I believe in England certainly uh, he was the manager with the lengthiest tenure at Manchester, certainly at Manchester United and certainly I think in English soccer. And he grows a very special relationship with Sir Alex Ferguson. And Cristiano Ronaldo often refers to Sir Alex Ferguson as a father figure. Always. You can look at many, not just interviews, but many statements, many times he's spoken out throughout the years. And he's always referred to Sir Alex Ferguson as a father figure. Sir Alex Ferguson was Cristiano Ronaldo's second father. Back then, and still now, he was a father figure for him then, and still a father figure for him now. And he's always had a great relationship with Sir Alex Ferguson. And he respects what Sir Alex Ferguson did for his career and how Sir Alex Ferguson helped him become the player and the man that he is. And he's always shown his gratefulness for that. And so he's for six seasons at Manchester United between 2003 and 2009. He wins all those trophies, as I mentioned earlier, Premier League, Champions League, wins the Ballon d'Or. And he becomes the breakout star along with Lionel Messi, it has to be said, of the 2000s. And so now, after 2009, after the 2008 and 9 season, Manchester United are coming from a defeat in the Champions League final. They lose to Barcelona that year. And Real Madrid comes along, and there had been speculation for a long time that Cristiano Ronaldo was going to leave Manchester United to move on to a bigger challenge. His dream was Real Madrid. 
Maybe he was going to go there. Maybe he's, he was going to go to one of the other top clubs in Europe. So this was the speculation for about a year before Ronaldo actually left Manchester United. And in the end, he did. In 2009, after Manchester United lose the Champions League, he leaves Manchester United and signs for Real Madrid in 2009 for a whopping, world-record-breaking 80 million euros. And for a player at that time, signed for 80 million euros, was unheard of. Hence, it was the costliest player on the planet at that time. The highest transfer fee ever in history at that time, in 2009. So he signs for Real Madrid for 80 million euros in 2009. And at Real Madrid, he really cements his legacy as one of the all-time greats. Now, the first season was maybe not his best. And I would say that you really see, if you look at Ronaldo's, Cristiano Ronaldo's trajectory at Real Madrid, and I personally am a Real Madrid fan, so I've been able to enjoy you know, everything that he did at Real Madrid for so many years. He was there for nine seasons. And with age... It was like the the better he got. You'd think that with age, he would slow down. He'd maybe not be as hungry for goals. Even after he won everything, you'd think that the mentality would, would be a, a little bit, wouldn't be as high. His mentality wouldn't be as high as it was at the beginning when he signed for Real Madrid. But the man just got better and better. The guy just kept on performing. He's just like aging wine. Better and better. And it was a joy to watch him play. When he first signed for Real Madrid, that first season was not his best season. But the year after, immediately impacts Real Madrid's future. In 2011, he wins them the Copa del Rey by scoring a phenomenal header in the, I want to say, the 103rd, 104th minute against Barcelona in the Copa del Rey final and ending Real Madrid's drought at that time, which I believe was 18 years that Real Madrid had gone since winning the Copa del Rey, and he won them that trophy. And that kick-started things for Cristiano Ronaldo. I think that was really what kick-started it for him at Real Madrid. That 2011 season, and certainly... That Copa del Rey final was a sign of things to come. And he cemented his legacy at Real Madrid. He was nurtured by Manchester United. He grew as a player at Manchester United. And at Real Madrid, he showed why he is one of the best, if not certainly the best of all time. And he cemented his legacy. He's a legend for the club. Broke all kinds of records. Top goal scorer in Real Madrid history. Top goal scorer in the history of the UEFA Champions League. He won every single trophy you could possibly win as a Real Madrid player. He won four Champions Leagues with Los Blancos. He won two La Liga titles. He won two Copa del Rey titles. Multiple Spanish Super Cup titles. Multiple European Super Cup titles. Multiple Club World Cup titles. And... He added on four, yes, four 
Ballon d'Ors, which at the time that he won his fifth Ballon d'Or in 2017, he was tied with Messi with the most Ballon d'Ors of all time. Simply sensational. That's why I regard him as the best. And for many, he's always going to be regarded, if not the best, as certainly one of the best to ever play the game. And so he's at Real Madrid for eight seasons. Excuse me, nine seasons. He's at Real Madrid from the 2009-2010 season to the 2017-2018 season. And there's some controversy in terms of Ronaldo, was he really loyal to Real Madrid? Is he going to stay? There were some talking points during the last year that he was at Real Madrid. Whether he was going to stay, whether he was going to leave. Was he happy at Real Madrid? There were reports of ongoing issues between him and Florentino Pérez, who was the Real Madrid president at the time, still is, and also issues with potential tax fraud that were kind of putting this gray, ugly cloud over the mind of everybody in terms of what was being talked about about Cristiano Ronaldo. And so the last year for Real Madrid was certainly intense from a news perspective. Because he didn't really know what was going to happen. If he was going to stay, he was going to go. He still had a few years left on his latest contract that he signed a few years earlier. But in the end, Cristiano Ronaldo decides to leave. But he leaves in the best possible way. He leaves Real Madrid by winning the UEFA Champions League with a legendary team that wins it for a third consecutive season. So he leaves the Champions League by winning it, excuse me, he leaves Real Madrid by winning the Champions League, and he moves on to Juventus. So he makes his decision to win the Champions League with Real Madrid for a third successive season, end on a high, and leave for the Italian Serie A club. And he signs for Juventus in the summer of 2018, right before the FIFA World Cup. I believe it was right before the FIFA World Cup that it is announced that he signs for Juventus. And so he signs for Juventus for 105 million euros due to the issues with the Real Madrid president, Florentino Pérez, and many other talking points that were thrown around at the time. Now at Juventus, he proves he's still an elite player. He scores plenty of goals. He wins some titles with Juventus. And at the top, top level of the game, he proves he's still there. He's an elite player. He always was. Could he still perform like he did for Real Madrid? And he absolutely could. For example, in the 2019 Champions League season, Juventus are down by two goals to nil to Atletico Madrid. In the round of 16. Atletico Madrid win the first game in Madrid by two goals to nil. And the return leg is in Turin. And Juventus come back on the aggregate scoreline. And win that game 3-0 with a hat-trick by, you guessed it, 
Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo scores a hat-trick in that game and sends Juventus through to the quarterfinals of the 2019 Champions League season. So, Ronaldo proves he is still an elite player. Elite player with Juventus. And he contributes to much of Juventus' success for the three years that he's at the club. And so, he's at Juventus for the 2018-19 season, the 19-20 season, and he's at Juventus for the 20 uh the 2020-2021 season. And so, after the 2021 season, a lot of ongoing talks again, just like what happened with Real Madrid, is he happy at Juventus? Juventus had declined in terms of their level of play in Italy. Hence, for the first time in a decade, they didn't win the league title in Italy. They didn't win the Serie A. Juventus had won the league title for 10 consecutive seasons. He won Serie A with Juventus while he was there. But then the last season, they did not win it. It was Inter Milan that won the Serie A trophy. And so Cristiano Ronaldo is in this position where he sees that Juventus's level in terms of how they play, the importance and the effect they have on the league has certainly gone down. And he sees that Juventus are now in a position where they're struggling just to make it into the Champions League. Which, for those of you that don't follow soccer, in most of the big European leagues, to play in the elite European club competition, which is the UEFA Champions League, in most of the top leagues, you need to finish within the first four of your league. If you finish between first and fourth place in your top league, in the top league in these major countries, such as Spain, France, Germany, Italy, England, you need to finish in the top four to qualify for the UEFA Champions League. And Juventus was just struggling to make it into fourth place. And they ended up doing so, barely. And of course, Ronaldo had a part to play with that. He scored some crucial goals near the end of the season. In that last season he was with Juventus. And ensured that Juventus would be in the Champions League. So he was part of the reason that Juventus was able to make the Champions League in the first place. Even though that season... They were a very mediocre side. So in the end, he decides to go back to his old home where he became a player. He became famous. And he returned to Manchester United in the summer of 2021. But why? Now, Cristiano Ronaldo in the summer of 2021 is very much aware, obviously, of all of this speculation. Is he going to leave? Is he not going to leave? And one of the biggest news stories is, could he sign for Manchester United's rivals, crosstown rivals, Manchester City? Now, Manchester City, for the last number of years, really for the last decade, have been, if not the top team in England, certainly one of the top teams in England. They've won multiple domestic trophies. They've been competing in the Champions League regularly, deep into the tournament as well, every season. 
and they have a lot of money. And they're able to sign players, quality players, for a lot of money. And Manchester City is really a team that competes in order to win big trophies. They compete with the best. They play some of the best soccer in Europe. So this was a rumor that was around. And Ronaldo in the interview that he does with Piers Morgan just a few weeks ago, he does admit that Manchester City was close. He even admits that perhaps going to Manchester United was more of an emotional decision than a rational decision. And that is certainly understandable because Manchester United have not been at the top elite level since Sir Alex Ferguson left in 2013. And they haven't been competing for trophies like Manchester City have. So Ronaldo is tossed between the two biggest clubs in Manchester. Does he go to Manchester City? Does he go to Manchester United? He ends up going with his heart. And one of the biggest reasons he does that, and this is why I emphasized his relationship with Sir Alex Ferguson earlier, is because of Sir Alex Ferguson. Ronaldo goes to Manchester United largely because he speaks with Sir Alex Ferguson about the potential of him going to Manchester City. With these rumors going on, what's going to happen? We know you're leaving Juventus, but nothing's official yet. And Ronaldo ends up speaking with his old coach, his father figure. And his father figure tells him, you can't go to Manchester City. You grew up here in Manchester United. You need to play for Manchester United. This is where you became famous. This is where you were nurtured. You became Cristiano Ronaldo. Thanks to Manchester United. You need to come back here. And Ronaldo speaks about this in his interview with Piers Morgan and describes what it was like to hear that from Sir Alex Ferguson and how deeply that impacted him. Here is Cristiano Ronaldo in the interview he has with Piers Morgan. And I highly suggest if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, it's a phenomenal interview. It really is. I have to say it's one of the best interviews I've ever seen. He's very calm, very cool, very collected, very thoughtful. And very honest. Very honest and truthful. And you appreciate that from a player who's always in the spotlight, who's in the elite of the game, and who is the definition of what it's like to be famous. But he just gives you that feeling of he's very down-to-earth. He's a very smart, intelligent, certainly passionate human being. But he's very intelligent and he's able to really explain things very well in this interview with what's been happening recently at Manchester United. And this is why, again, I emphasized the relationship he had with Sir Alex Ferguson ever since the beginning at Manchester United when he first signed there. Sir Alex Ferguson, a father figure to him, tells him, you cannot go to Manchester City. Here is Cristiano Ronaldo 
telling the whole world on this interview why it was he did not go to Manchester City. Listen in. And the big rumor is that you're going to go to Manchester City. So first of all, how close was that to happening? Well, honestly, um, it was close. It was close. It's something that they spoke a lot. And Guardiola say two weeks ago, I guess, that they try, um, they try hard to have me. But as you know, as my history in Manchester United, your heart, your feeling, the way, the history that you did um, before, make the difference. And of course, as well, Sir Alex Ferguson. So I was, I was surprised in the same way, but it was conscious decision uh, because the heart speaks, speaking loud in that moment. You were a Manchester United legend. So when you say your heart led you, it's because of that, the history you had with the club and the relationship you maintained with Sir Alex, with the fans. I think it was, it was the key. It was the, um, the difference in that moment. But I cannot be loyal if I will, I will say that Manchester City wasn't close. Uh, but I think I, I did conscious decision. Um, I don't regret at some point. And um, as you mentioned before, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson was was the key. Did you speak well. did you speak to him before you, you Yes came I did. Back? Yes I did. I spoke I spoke with him with him and um, What did he say to you to try and persuade you? He said to me that uh, it's it's impossible for you to come to Manchester City. <laughs> And I say, okay, boss. <laughs> so I took the decisions, and I repeat with very... I was with conscience that it was a, a good decision. So there is Cristiano Ronaldo saying it was the key. So he's basically attributing the reason that he went back to Manchester United was Largely because of Sir Alex Ferguson. His father figure telling him, you can't go to Manchester City. It's impossible for you to go there. And so he does go back to Manchester United. And that just shows you how much of an influence Sir Alex Ferguson had on that decision for Ronaldo to not go to Manchester City. And it shows you the respect and how much he looks up to Sir Alex Ferguson. He really does see him as a father figure. He's not going to go against what his father figure said. If Sir Alex Ferguson says, you cannot go to Manchester City, it's impossible for you to go to Manchester City. He's not going to go. He said, okay, boss, just like he said in the interview. Okay, it's a done deal. There's nothing else for me to think or consider here. If you say I can't go to Man City, I'm going to go to Manchester United. And he admits that it's the heart. It was not necessarily a rational decision. It was more emotional. And so it's really interesting how Cristiano Ronaldo 
ends up returning to Manchester United after not being there for 13 years, I believe, because he left in 2009. He resigns in 2021 for about 12, 13 seasons. And it looked like he never left. I mean, you watch the opening game for Manchester United uh, when Ronaldo plays, that first game that he plays against Newcastle at Old Trafford. And it looked like he never left. And guess what he did in the first game? He scored two goals and was one of the key players on the pitch that day. So Ronaldo doing what Ronaldo does. And so he goes back to Manchester United and everything starts off great. And we'll look specifically into what happens now at this second spell at Manchester United and why it leads to the situation he currently is in now. Now, I want to talk about Manchester United for a couple of minutes because we just talked about Ronaldo's trajectory as a player where he played, how he grew up, who his mentors were, players, Sir Alex Ferguson. He always played with the best players in the world. Manchester United, Real Madrid. Let's remember at Real Madrid, some of the best players in the world have played there. Luka Modric, Karim Benzema, Mesut Ozil, Angel Di Maria, Sergio Ramos, Iker Casillas, Pepe, Rafael Varane, Tony Kroos, Casemiro. These are legendary players. Raul, in his last season with Real Madrid, Cristiano Ronaldo played with Raul González Blanco, who's a Real Madrid legend. And at Juventus, he's coached by a legend like Andrea Pirlo, by Max Allegri, who was the Juventus head coach for a very long time. He got sacked then came back after a short time away from Juventus. He also plays with great players on that team as well, like Giorgio Chiellini, Leonardo Bonucci, um, a lot of young up-and-coming stars, Weston McKinney. So you have Cristiano Ronaldo with a... Incredible trajectory. Cristiano Ronaldo has an unbelievable trajectory. If not the greatest trajectory, one of the best professional trajectories of all time. Where he's played, who he's played with, what he's achieved. Now, while all of this was going on and he was not at Manchester United, what the heck has happened to Manchester United? What's happened? Since Ronaldo left, why was Manchester United in such a position that they saw the opportunity of signing Ronaldo could be of benefit to them. Well, when Ronaldo leaves, Manchester United ends its Sir Alex Ferguson era. Between 2009-2013, Manchester United reaches the Champions League final one more time. They win a couple more Premier League titles. I know they win at least one. Sir Alex Ferguson's last season at Manchester United, they win the Premier League in 2013. And... This is the end of the Ferguson era. So a lot of these players that Ronaldo was playing with are reaching their final years as a professional soccer player. This includes Rio Ferdinand, Paul Scholes, Roy Keane, 
along many others. Wayne Rooney as well. And at that time, Manchester United is still a successful club. Still very much considered one of the top clubs in the world. They were competing in the Champions League. Hence that last season that Sir Alex Ferguson, oddly enough, last season Sir Alex Ferguson coaches Manchester United. Guess who they face in the Champions League quarterfinals? That's right. You guessed it. It's Real Madrid. And guess who scores two of the three goals that sends Manchester United out? I don't think I need to tell you, don't I? So Cristiano Ronaldo scores two goals. And knocks his old club out in the 2013 Champions League. So that is... Talk about deja vu. And so, at this time, again, Manchester United very much considered a top club. And Sir Alex Ferguson leaves. Now, what happens after that? Now, everyone expected maybe Manchester United to have a year or two or three transition without the coach that has led them to so much success for 27 years, you would naturally think, okay, there are going to be a few years maybe where it's transition, you're trying to find a new coach, you're trying to get more new players to try and rebuild the Manchester United legacy and continue being a top team and contending for top trophies. And with the high budgets that Manchester United had, and the high budgets that they really continue to have, they spend. They're not afraid to spend. And some of the players that they sign, and there's a whole list of them, just to mention some of them, Manchester United, over the last decade since Sir Alex Ferguson left the club in 2013, have signed players such as Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Marwan Fellaini, Angel Di Maria, Luke Shaw, Anthony Martial, Bastian Schweinsteiger, Memphis Depay, Paul Pogba, Henrik Mkhitaryan, Romelu Lukaku, Alexis Sanchez, Harry Maguire, Dan James, Bruno Fernandez, Edinson Cavani. And these are names that are at the top. And they spent big bucks on these players to try to get into Manchester United and be a part of the rebuild be an essential part of the rebuild of Manchester United. And they do the same with managers. David Moyes comes in. Louis van Gaal comes in. Then you have Jose Mourinho that comes in. And with the exception of the Jose Mourinho years, where they do win, I believe they actually win three trophies with Jose Mourinho. They win the Europa League, the FA Cup, and the League Cup. They have not won a Premier League since. They have not won the Champions League since. And they've been an inconsistent side in the English Premier League and in European competition. So Manchester United have been in this hole of largely failure. Certainly much more failure than success Manchester United has had over the last decade. And so... They see the opportunity of signing Cristiano Ronaldo when he wants to leave Juventus in 2021. And they say, why not? He's a club legend. 
He won us big trophies. He's one of the best, if not the greatest of all time. He's a player that can win you games when you need players to step up. He can do that. He shows up. He's a difference maker. And they say, let's go for him. So this whole decade of failure of huge signings, most of them not working out well. Many of these players leaving Manchester United after just a couple of seasons. Coaches that didn't work. The coaches did not help really with the exception of Mourinho, of Jose Mourinho. And even when Mourinho left uh, at the start of the 2018-2019 season, Jose Mourinho, you know, after that one great season he did have with Manchester United, it wasn't working. There was issues with Paul Pogba, other players on the bench, between the manager and players. And so that didn't work out in the long run. In the short run, it worked out great. In the long run, Mourinho didn't work out. So a pretty much a decade of failure with a few bright spots. And Manchester United say, let's sign Cristiano Ronaldo. The Glazers, who've been the owners of Manchester United for a while, and they are they are American-based owners. And much of the controversy around the Glazers has been the notion that they've lost the fan base. And that Manchester United's owners don't look at Manchester United as a sport. They only look at it as a business. They don't understand the history of Manchester United. They don't understand what Manchester United has been for English soccer. They don't know the players. They're not familiar with the trophies that Manchester United has. They don't understand the high expectations that Manchester United consistently has, no matter how mediocre their side may be. And so, the Glazers have been running Manchester United for a very long time. And more and more, there's been more controversy, there's been more hatred of them, there's been more fans saying they need to leave. They're not taking us in the right direction. It's been a decade since Sir Alex Ferguson left, and we've done nothing. With the exception of a few bright spots, there's been too many failures with this Manchester United team. And... Then, a lot of the arguments that are used in order to back these beliefs are the inconsistency with managers, the mentality of players, and the mentality of the structure of the club. The heads of the club, the directors, the directors of the club, the players. There's a lack of caring from the owners for the club, again, this emphasis that they're only seeing it as a business, not just as a football club. And this is an argument that's used not just for Manchester United, but for many clubs in England and outside of England. Many clubs are saying that many of these rich owners that are coming from either the Middle East or they're coming from America, they're just looking at this as a business. 
They're only looking at it from the business perspective. Money, money, money. There's no interest in the fans. There's no interest in the sport. There's no interest in the future of the club. There's no interest in building a winning mentality. There's no interest in finding consistency with managers. And in many clubs, such as Manchester United, I would agree. Because you see, it just hasn't worked. And at Manchester United, 10 years of largely failure is unacceptable. From a Manchester United point of view, from the fans' point of view, from players that truly understand the history of Manchester United, that have played for Manchester United, they understand this is a monumental failure. Manchester United has been now for too long, for a decade, considered as an okay or mediocre side. They haven't been considered as an elite level team since the Ferguson era. And Cristiano Ronaldo has some very interesting things to say about the club, how it's ran. What he noticed when he returned to Manchester United after his first spell. And he makes it clear that he feels betrayed by the owners. And that there are things that he noticed there at the club that he was surprised they hadn't really changed. There wasn't any new mentality. It seemed to be very laissez-faire ownership at the top. And so Ronaldo makes it clear that he thinks that there's clearly some issues going on with Manchester United with the coaching, with the mentality of the players, and at the executive level. He says everything in this interview about these issues and his perspective on what has caused these issues. It's very interesting. So here's Cristiano Ronaldo in the Piers Morgan interview. And I want you to pay attention to what he notices about what hasn't changed at the club. Mind you, before he came back to Manchester United, he was not there for over a decade. He signed for Real Madrid in 2009. He doesn't sign with Manchester United again until 2021, last year. And so here's Cristiano Ronaldo commenting on the current situation at Manchester United and what he was surprised by when he returned to the English club. Here's Cristiano Ronaldo on the current state of Manchester United. Kind of fools you out, yes. Not only the coach, but the other two or three guys there around the club. At uh, the senior executive level? Yes, that I felt betrayed. And uh, you think they're trying to get rid of you? Honestly, I shouldn't say that, I don't know. But listen, I, I don't care. I'm always, people should listen to the truth. Yes, I feel betrayed. And I felt that some people that don't want me here, not only this year, but last year too. I don't know what's going on, but since, since the um, Sir Alex Ferguson left, I saw not evolution in the club. The progress was zero. For example, we have an interesting point that how the club as Manchester United 
after suck uh, Ole. They buy, they bring sport directive Ralph Regnick, which is something that nobody understands. This guy is, is not even a coach. A bigger club like Manchester United bring sport directive surprise not only me, but all the world. You know, nothing changed. Surprisingly, not only the pool, the jacuzzi, even the gym, even some points, the technology, the kitchen, the chefs, which is I appreciate, lovely lovely persons, they stop in a, in a time which is, is, it surprised me a lot. I thought I will see different things, different, as I mentioned before, technology, infrastructure. But unfortunately, we see many things that I'm used to see when I was 20, 21, 23. So surprised me a lot. So there's Cristiano Ronaldo saying he feels betrayed by the heads of Manchester United. He feels that they want to kick him out. They don't want him there anymore. What happened? They just signed him a little over a year ago. And the first season he was there, everything looked great. What happened? So he says he feels betrayed. And we're going to get into that in a second. And he describes how nothing, almost nothing, has changed since the Sir Alex Ferguson left. He's saying, I expected to come here, and I expected to see some new things. I expected to see some investment in the infrastructure, in the gym, the technology that's used for players in order to you know, train, in order to review footage of games. I expected to see changes. Even the decision to bring in Ralph Rangnick, who, as a side note, Ralph Rangnick was the interim manager that was brought into Manchester United last year. During the fall of 2021, Ralph Rangnick was brought in to replace Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Manchester United legend, who coached Manchester United for a number of seasons but wasn't able to get the results he needed to stay in the job. So Manchester United get rid of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and they bring in Ralph Rangnick. I personally have never heard of this guy. I have no idea who he is. Apparently he was a sporting director in somewhere in Europe. Okay, that's an odd decision. Well, let's see how that works out. And Ralph Rangnick ends up being the coach for Manchester United for... Um, a part of the season. And that decision not just baffled me, it baffled Cristiano, as he said. Makes no sense why they're bringing in Ralph Ragnick. He has no previous experience coaching any football team. And this is Manchester United we're talking about, he's saying. Manchester United, I expect a certain level of decision-making at this club. He's, Ronaldo's basically saying he feels like it's very haphazard. It's very careless, the decision-making at Manchester United. And that goes along with the arguments that the fans and many of the pundits are saying about how Manchester United is being run as a club and why the last 10 years have been such a failure for Manchester United. And why, you know, it's acceptable if after Sir Alex Ferguson... 
you might have two or three seasons where it might struggle for you to get back to where you were normal. You had a coach that was there for 27 years. You had legendary players that left the club. You're not going to be able to rebuild that overnight. It's going to take time. But now it's been a decade and you're still seeing very similar problems, if not the same problems that you saw after Sir Alex Ferguson left a decade ago. And so Ronaldo's saying, wait a minute. This was a club with a mentality of winning. This was a club that it cared about the fans. It cared about winning. It cared about being at the top. And now it just seems like there's just no interest to lead Manchester United back to its glory days. And he lists out the infrastructure, the technology, the gym, the chefs. He even mentions the chefs. Um, he mentions uh, also the uh, the training facilities. So clearly, Ronaldo is upset with how the mentality of Manchester United has changed and how the club is being run so poorly from his point of view. And I agree with him. I mean, if that's true, which I believe what he says, that is pretty incredible that he finds practically everything to be exactly the same as it was over 13 years ago when he was at Manchester United for his first spell at the club. And it's interesting because Cristiano Ronaldo is not the only one that has come out and stated that the way the club is being run and the mentality at the club is poor. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who played for Manchester United, he was a player for Manchester United for a long time, came out and said, quote, everyone thinks of Manchester United as a top club, one of the richest and most powerful in the world. And seen from the outside, it looked that way to me. But once I was there, I found a small, closed mentality. That's Zlatan Ibrahimovic, another one of the most famous world-renowned players. For these, for those of you that don't know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is a Swedish-born player who's played at many big clubs in Europe. He's played at Manchester United. He's played at Barcelona. He's played at AC Milan in Italy, for example. Played at Ajax. So Zlatan Ibrahimovic if Zlatan's saying this, that's just more proof that what Ronaldo is saying is very much accurate. And Zlatan agrees. Zlatan agrees with Ronaldo. There is a lack of mentality there at Manchester United. Now, after a decade of failure, Manchester United signed Cristiano Ronaldo. And Cristiano Ronaldo's first season at Manchester United there isn't any team success, but individually, he carried the team at large. Cristiano Ronaldo, last season, was the second top scorer in England, multiple hat-tricks in the Premier League against teams such as Norwich City, Tottenham Hotspur, 
he was one of the reasons Manchester United were able to get out of the Champions League group stage. Cristiano Ronaldo single-handedly won Manchester United vital points in the Champions League group stage last season against Atalanta from Italy, the team from Bergamo in Italy, and Villarreal, who were the defending Europa League champions. They won the Europa League, Villarreal won the Europa League, and Villarreal entered the Champions League as a result of that. And Villarreal was drawn to the group with Manchester United, as well as Atalanta. And Cristiano Ronaldo wins them vital points. He scores a last-minute winner at Old Trafford to beat Villarreal in the group stage. And away in Bergamo in Italy against Atalanta, Cristiano Ronaldo scores in the last minute of the game, or the last minutes of the game, a vital goal to draw that game 2-2. And ended up being crucial in terms of Manchester United getting out of the UEFA Champions League group stage. Ronaldo last season covered up Manchester United's problems. Ronaldo was the reason that Manchester United's bad season was okay. It wasn't a great season, but it was Okay, and Manchester United, without Cristiano Ronaldo, well, their season would have just been, I mean, disastrous. It would not have been a good season at all. Manchester United, last season, were a very mediocre team that really just never got it going. There was expectations with the signings. Of course, Cristiano Ronaldo comes in. You get other guys. You know, Bruno Fernandes recently came into the side. And you're expecting a good season for Manchester United. There's this sort of feeling that, okay, we're finally going to start seeing some progress here. It doesn't really ever happen. But Ronaldo is one of the reasons that Manchester United's season is okay. It's decent. Because without Cristiano Ronaldo, Manchester United's season would have been seen as an absolute failure. Without Ronaldo, they wouldn't have gotten out of the group stage in the Champions League. Without Ronaldo, they wouldn't have finished where they did in the Premier League just to make it into the Europa League. Manchester United last season, as a team, struggled to just make the Europa League, which... For those of you that aren't soccer fans, the UEFA Europa League is the second tier in European club soccer competition. UEFA Champions League is the top European competition for clubs. And the second tiered competition for club soccer in Europe is the UEFA Europa League. And so Cristiano Ronaldo is a big reason that Manchester United makes the Europa League. So, Cristiano Ronaldo, according to an ESPN article titled, Where Would Manchester United Be Without Cristiano Ronaldo? And How His Efforts Saved a Grim Season from Total Meltdown. So, for Manchester United, in this article, it describes 
how United heavily relied on Cristiano Ronaldo last season in order to not in order to not look like being a very poor side. States, in a season blighted by humiliating defeats, early cup exits, and dismal performances by many Manchester United players, Ronaldo's double against Newcastle at the beginning of the season, his first game at Manchester United, mind you, the first game, scores two goals, as I mentioned earlier. Crucial late goals against Villarreal and Atalanta, hat-tricks against Tottenham and Norwich. And this is why they signed him. He's going to be a determining factor as to the outcome of Manchester United's season. He is a critical player, and they heavily relied on him. And Ronaldo didn't just do the goal scoring. He also recorded assists. He also had a 50% success rate in tackling. According to ESPN, Ronaldo did better in tackling than all of his fellow forwards apart from Anthony Alanga. And ball recoveries was another reason that Ronaldo was such a key player for Manchester United's success. Cristiano Ronaldo, in terms of ball recoveries, according to ESPN, only Sancho had a better rate among forwards in terms of recovering the football for their team than Cristiano Ronaldo. So Cristiano Ronaldo, a forward, for a forward to be at the top of his team in terms of recovering the ball back and being able to hold up play, spread it out, that just tells you how vital he was for the team. So it wasn't just the goals. It wasn't just the goals. According to the ESPN, his statistics when out of possession could be better, but he's clearly not abandoning these responsibilities in favor of saving himself for the moments when he can put the ball in the back of the net. But if he was signed to be United's focal point and proven best goal scorer, has he measured up well against the Premier League's best? He has. He was the whole season in the fight for top goal scorer in the Premier League. And for his age, at 37 years old, in the Premier League, a very demanding, physical, a very tough, competitive league that is the Premier League, for Cristiano Ronaldo at the age of 37 to break the 20-goal barrier in the worst Manchester United team of the Premier League era, certainly since Sir Alex Ferguson left, is astonishing. So Cristiano Ronaldo carries Manchester United. As ESPN states, so where would United be without Ronaldo? They're not in a great place with him, but it would be so much worse without him. So Ronaldo has covered the patches at Manchester United. And the horrible season that it was for Manchester United, Cristiano Ronaldo made the horrible season look mediocre. That's how big of an influence he was. So the first season for Manchester United goes well. Then you go into the offseason. 
second season starts, and Cristiano Ronaldo, to the surprise of many fans, is not a part of the preseason tour for Manchester United. Now, usually, between seasons, for those of you that don't listen to or follow soccer much, usually when the season's over, players maybe have a month, maybe a month and a half, where they kind of relax. They have their time off. Maybe they might have any friendlies with international competition. If the World Cup happens to be around, you have the World Cup. But usually players, you know, with the exception of the World Cup being around or any friendlies that may occur, they would have time off. They would have time off to relax and they could be with their families, travel after a long, hard-fought, a very draining season. Being a professional soccer player is very draining, especially with how long season the seasons are. And so after that break, players will usually come back to the training ground and coaches will use preseason games as a way to kind of figure out, okay, who's going to be my key player this year? Who are going to be my starting 11? Who are the key players this season going to be? Who are the players that are going to hold the ball up going to be? Who are going to be my midfielders? Who are going to be my best defenders? How are my goalkeepers looking? How's my starting goalkeeper looking? How are my backup goalkeepers looking? So the preseason is used, as in many other sports, just to kind of look and see where my options are for this season, if you're the coach. So preseason, a lot of people don't think it's important. I don't think it's the most important thing in the world, personally. But I see the reasoning behind having a preseason. I think it is necessary. I, I think it is necessary and it allows players to kind of get back in the groove after being a month, a month and a half without playing or without kicking a ball. Maybe not without kicking a ball. As a professional soccer player, you really shouldn't be a month and a half without kicking a ball. But without being in a competitive environment in a game, you know, trying to perform at your best for the team. And it's a good way for players to kind of regain the feeling of playing in that competitive environment. So the preseason tour comes around earlier this year, and Cristiano Ronaldo is not a part of the preseason tour with Manchester United. So what's going on? Everyone's saying, why, does, why is he not there? Many are saying, well, he's all of a sudden mad that the new coach Manchester United bring in, Eric Ten Hag, who comes in from Ajax after a very successful side in the Dutch, uh, in the Dutch side. A very successful spell with the Dutch side, Ajax, including taking Ajax to the Champions League semifinals uh, in 2019. And so Manchester United see the possibility of Eric Ten Hag being the coach they need in order to really grow as a club and as a team because he has the mind in terms of tactics, understanding players. At least that's what it seemed. Based, based on what he did at Ajax in the Netherlands. And he won league titles with Ajax as well in the Eredivisie, which is the uh, top league in the Netherlands. So Manchester United signed Eric Ten Hag. And many are saying, well, he's not happy with Eric Ten Hag. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo, he feels maybe that he's not going to have the best relationship. Eric Ten Hag has made comments suggesting that maybe 
Cristiano Ronaldo is not going to be an important part of the team this season. So there's a lot of controversy with what's happening between you know Ten Hag, Ronaldo, is he playing? And many even say, well, it's very unprofessional of him. Why is he not going to the preseason tour? It's unacceptable. How can that be? Especially if you're the star man at Manchester United, you need to show up for the preseason. The preseason allows you to just, especially if with a new coach, with a new coach, the preseason allows you to show, hey, you should be putting me on for every game. I shouldn't be on the bench. So a lot of criticisms going towards Cristiano Ronaldo because of him not being part of the preseason tour. And in the interview with Piers Morgan, he explains why he's not there. So here's Cristiano Ronaldo in the Piers Morgan interview explaining why he was not a part of Manchester United's preseason this summer when Eric Ten Hag was signed as the new coach of Manchester United. Cristiano Ronaldo on the preseason earlier this year. For another option because it didn't look like United would get to play Champions Let, Let's make my points, for example, the preseason moment. And after you mentioned uh, new clubs or yeah. the interesting. For example, the preseason, I had a very, very bad, which is I don't say nobody, the people who surround me, they saw, friends and even my, my mom. I had uh, some problems in vacation that my young daughter, they have a little problem. They have bronchitis, which is... Sustained. Bronchitis? Bronchitis, really? yes, yes. Your she's, little baby, though. Yes. I was in Mallorca in holidays and she stayed one week in hospital, which is, was... You know, you don't enjoy a lot of the vacation. And after what had happened, so why? Exactly. And the people make make up histories that they say that I don't want to go travel. Because they, people have to understand that I'm a human being. I'm always going to be in my side of my family. I'm not negotiate nothing behind that. You understand? And I even have the, the letters of, from the hospital, the, the feedback of the health of Bella, which is I'm not sure nobody. Nobody asked me. I, have, I keep for me. People forget that I'm a human, human being, <clears throat> that I passed through a difficult moments. Well, you must have been worried sick. I mean, you. I was very worried. You lost your baby son, and now your baby daughter's in hospital. Exactly. And you must have been absolutely. I spoke with the directive of, and the president of uh, Manchester United, and then, kind of, that didn't believe that something going wrong, which is, is make me feel bad. Really? Yes, I. Yes. They didn't believe you. They believe you, but in the same way, they are there, and never is ever going to change uh, the health of my family for the football. Never. Now or 10 years uh, behind or forward. And it's something that really hurt me because they doubt of my words that I struggle, especially Bell and Gio. We had one week in hospital because the Bell have a big problem. And I didn't go to the preseason because of that. Because I didn't, I didn't, was allowed to left my family if something happened to do it the preseason. Because I think it wasn't not fair to left my family for a preseason. This is why I didn't go. So Ronaldo makes it clear why he was not there during the preseason. And Piers Morgan mentions about um, them losing 
their uh, their son. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Cristiano Ronaldo um, and Georgina, uh, he and his girlfriend, they actually had twins, but unfortunately, one of those twins died uh, at birth, and so that's what Piers Morgan was referring to there when he kind of mentioned the loss of your 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 other um, your other son. So Ronaldo, obviously, a very tough time for him with losing one of his uh, one of his twin um, children at birth. Uh, the other child, who's Bella, ends up having bronchitis during the summer and ends up obviously being in the hospital, as he states. And that was the main reason that he didn't go. And it's incredible how the Manchester United, the board of directors, so when he meets the heads of the club, they doubt over the reasoning of why he was not there. And he says, quote, it hurt me. And this is what leads him more and more to doubt about the owners, ultimately leading him to say he feels betrayed, as he did in the previous clip that you were able to hear earlier. And so Ronaldo is basically saying, family comes first for me. Now everyone's going to speculate, everyone's going to say whatever, all because it's the press for the money. But this is why I didn't go to the preseason. It wasn't because I hated Eric Ten Hag. I thought he was a horrible human being. It wasn't because I was having huge problems with the directives. But you can see even how Piers is saying, really? They actually doubted you? Because you're telling them that your daughter is in the hospital. Your six-month-old daughter is in the hospital with your girlfriend, and they don't believe you? And he says yes. So I think that's very interesting, what he mentions there, and um, you can see why he feels that the relationship has just gone downhill between certainly him and the club. Now with the coach, this season he's been more on the bench. There's been new players Manchester United he's, uh, has been a team that's been developing over the last year, I'd say. Trying to find an elite team, trying to get back to that level. There's the players there to do it. There's been signs of improvement. Eric Ten Hag comes in and decides, okay, Ronaldo, you're not going to be the big man. You're, you're not going to be the star of this team. And he puts him on the bench. Now, Ronaldo, he doesn't mind that. And he, and he states, if you watch the whole interview, he, he states, no, I'm, I'm very professional and you know, I don't mind being on the bench. But if you're going to put me on the bench, you need to treat me with respect. And the way that you deal with me as a player, he's saying the manager needs to understand that I am also a legendary player. I'm a legend of Manchester United. I'm a legend of the game. I'm one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest. And I've earned the right to have that respect from you as the manager. I'm not saying you need to put me in every game, but if you're going to put me in, 
Don't put me in with three or two minutes left in the game. Cristiano Ronaldo feels that there needs to be a certain level of treatment towards him because he feels he's earned that respect. And I agree. His hard work, his dedication towards the game, he's always been a professional wherever he's been. Very professional. And how he goes about his life. It's football 24-7 in the mind of this guy. I'm telling you. The guy is in shape like you wouldn't believe for a 37-year-old. He's in top peak physical condition. He takes care of himself great. Nutrition. Training. Commitment. Passion. The drive he has to be the best. And what he's achieved, he's earned that level of respect. And he feels that that is not being met. And this goes to something which I think is really the problem of the situation. And that is Eric Ten Hag doesn't know how to manage star players properly. At Ajax, Eric Ten Hag had a lot of young, good prospects. He had guys like Frankie de Jong. He had guys like Matthias de Ligt, who was a little more experienced. Guys like Ziyech, who was a rising, young, great striker for Ajax. So, you have a team in Ajax which doesn't have any star players like Ronaldo or any overly experienced players. But Ten Hag, Eric Ten Hag manages manages that very well. Then he comes to Manchester United and now you're dealing with players like Cristiano Ronaldo, Bruno, Bruno Fernandes, and David De Gea, who's a club legend, who has been the starting goalkeeper for Manchester United. The Spaniard has been the starting goalkeeper for over a decade at Manchester United. So... Eric Tenna comes in, and now all of a sudden, this fir- the first year he's there, not even the first year, the first few months, with his star player that Manchester United brought back because they feel he was the reason that they could become great again. In just the first few months, you already have commotion, you have struggles, you have a relationship that seems to be off, disagreement, And there seems to be a degrading, a dwindling in terms of respect between Eric Ten Hag and Cristiano Ronaldo. And so, I believe that, in my opinion, if you have Cristiano Ronaldo on your team, you need to find a way to use him. Legends deserve respect. Cristiano Ronaldo is, if not the greatest player of all time, one of the greatest players of all time. How, in in my opinion, I can't see how if you are a manager, especially like Eric Ten, Eric Ten Hag at Manchester United, you have Cristiano Ronaldo on your team. How is he not? I'm not saying he needs to be the integral part. He needs to, to be on the pitch for every minute of every game. But how can you just not use him? How can you almost refuse to use him? I mean, Eric Ten Hag, it seems like he just puts in Ronaldo whenever he wants. Uh, it's, yeah, I don't need him today. I could use him now, but I'm not going to bring him in. I'll bring him in for a few minutes here and there. 
Legends deserve respect. And Ronaldo, I believe, and I agree with him, I feel that he's not getting it from Eric Ten Hag. Now, I don't know what Cristiano Ronaldo's done to you, Eric Ten Hag. But, clearly, one of the problems that you have that you're going to have to learn if you want to manage at big clubs like Manchester United is you're going to need to know how to manage with big egos and star players on your team. That's just the nature of the game. If you go to the big clubs, this is what you're going to find. You need to face the music and deal with it. And in my opinion, I agree with Ronaldo. He hasn't gotten the respect he deserves from Eric Ten Hag. So, then comes the moment that pretty much we could say, if not broke the relationship. This was where you're teetering over the edge of the cliff. Well, the cliffhanger became you fell off the cliff. This was the pivotal moment. Cristiano Ronaldo refuses to come on as a substitute. I believe it's against Tottenham Hotspur. Because Eric Ten Hag wants to put him in with two or three minutes left in the game. So Ronaldo refuses to come in and he storms back to the dressing room. And to take Cristiano Ronaldo and actually think that you can put him in for two, three minutes as a sub, it's better to not bring him on. Just don't use him. But that's almost humiliating. And I don't agree with Ronaldo storing back into the dressing room, and he apologizes for that. He even puts out a statement on his Instagram, on his social media, following what happened in that moment of him refusing to come on and him storming off the field and heading back into the dressing room as the game is still playing. The game's still, the game's still going. The game's not over, and he storms back into the dressing room. And he apologizes for that, but he clearly says, I don't apologize for refusing to come on as a sub. I need to be treated with respect. I'm not getting the respect that I deserve because I feel that I've earned that respect due to my trajectory in the game and what I've done, what I've been able to do as a player. You don't take Cristiano Ronaldo off the bench and put him on in the 89th or 88th minute of a 90-minute game. It's disrespectful. Yes, you do. You can do that with young players who are just starting or maybe certain players who you're trying to put in for a certain tactical reason right at the end, such as maybe you bring on two or three defenders at the last minute to put five at the back because you have a one nothing lead and you're just trying to hang on for dear life and you want extra bodies at the back who are fresh and can wing balls in the air and just clear it. I mean... There, there, there isn't any reason. I can't think of any reason as to why you'd be bringing on Ronaldo with a minute or two minutes left in the game. He's not going to have time to do anything. You know, unless a very rare occasion, maybe there's a ball or something that comes into the box and he happens to, you know, his first touch in the game, he happens to score. Which, you know, it can happen, but it's very rare. So there's no reason for him to come on. But Eric Ten Hag decides to do that. Ronaldo refuses to come on and he storms off the pitch. Here's what Ronaldo has to say about that situation. 
probably not provoke. They will accept to play three minutes after the whole situations that going through the last two months. Don't tell me that top players, the guys who won everything, the key players, will play three minutes. Come on, this isn't acceptable. After what they keep saying before, that they respect me, they do this, they do that. For me, it wasn't not respect. This is why I take this decision. I regret, I've, I apologize to my teammates for the situation I did a post. In Instagram, I regret to left from the stadium. Uh, I regret my teammates, they know what I felt. I say to them, apologize. But in the same way, I'm not regret to take the decisions to don't coming on. I'm, I'm like that. I will be always like that. If you don't have respect for me, I'm never going to have respect for you. And the coach didn't have respect for me. So this is why the relationship, it's, it's in that way. And he keeps saying in the press that he can't with me, like me, blah, 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 blah. But it's only for the press. Really? Yes. 100%. 100%. He has no doubt about it. Oh, when he goes out there on the press after the games and in the press conference or, you know, right as the game finishes and a lot of, you know, not just not just soccer, but a lot of different sports, you know, you have the press right there on the on, on the side of the field and you get these immediately after the game, these interviews with players just to get their immediate thoughts after the game. Not in the press room. And Eric Ten Hag, there's many post-game interviews where he says, oh, yeah, the relationship's great. Oh, I respect Ronaldo. I, he's an option on the bench, and you know I think we could use him. And you know, Everything to make it seem that nothing's wrong, everything's wonderful, everything's blue skies, rainbows, and doves. Everything's great. Ronaldo's saying, yeah, no, that's just for the press. He's not going to, he doesn't have the balls to tell you what's going on behind the scenes. I do. And so Ronaldo makes that clear in that statement, in the Piers Morgan interview. And Ronaldo believes that the current relationship is damaged. It's almost, it, 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 there's certainly a, this sense of hopelessness from Ronaldo. It just feels like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to be able to build the relationship back with this guy. Who, as he said, Top players that have achieved everything in the game, bring them on for two, three minutes. Come on. It's unacceptable. Word for word, what he says. So you can see what he's thinking. I agree with him. There needs to be a certain level of respect for legendary players of the game. And, of course, Ronaldo says, hey, if you're not going to respect me, well, why should I respect you? And Ronaldo also mentions the press and says, yeah, well, the press, you know, it's just a bunch of lies. It's always a bunch of lies. It's all to get people to read, which it is. It's marketing. I mean, hence, you put Cristiano Ronaldo on the front page of your newspaper, you're probably going to get a lot more money just for that day. A lot of people, just because they see Ronaldo on the front cover of the newspaper, are going to pick it up just just purely because of that. They might have They might not have any interest in reading the news. But they see Cristiano Ronaldo on the front page of the new paper. Oh yeah. Any any adult who's interested in sports or soccer, or any young people, any high schoolers, college students, 
These young teenagers, they see that on a paper. They're going to buy it. Or they see a link pop up or some image of Cristiano Ronaldo at the top of whatever, the Daily Mail, um, you know, for ESPN, for websites, views, money. And that's what he says. He says, they don't know what's going on. They don't know the behind the scenes. Everything that the press says, and, and he does say there's some exceptions where they actually do report fact, you know, factual information and it's accurate. And I read it and I appreciate that you know, they're honest and they're accurate with what's going on. They're not just rambling extra, assuming that this is what I think or this is what I believe or this is what's going on. So Cristiano Ronaldo makes it clear that the press has been misguiding people about this whole situation at Manchester United. And that everything seems to be Ronaldo's fault. Everything seems to be, you know, wrong with him. He's the reason for all of this trouble. Ronaldo's saying, wait, 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 you haven't even heard my perspective. And everything that the media is telling you is complete BS. Hence, at the beginning of the interview, literally the first thing he says is, I feel now is the time for me to speak. Because I feel like I need my side of the situation to be heard. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be truthful. I'm an open book. I'm going to tell you everything. I don't care what happens with United. I don't care if they end up wanting to get rid of me. Based on the interview, it seems like they've already been wanting to get rid of him. So here's Cristiano Ronaldo on the press in England dealing with this story. Dealing with this story. Apologize for that. I just had an update come on my phone. And Ronaldo, before you listen to this, I just want to note that I think it's important for everyone to realize that Cristiano Ronaldo has had a very interesting, I'd say interesting, um, you know, relationship with the press. He's a very charismatic figure. And Ronaldo is somebody that um, has always tried to be very honest very truthful, very polite. But sometimes, you know, like any normal human with the press, I, I feel like, you know, sometimes we just are like, oh, this is ridiculous. Come on. Really? Don't even bother listening. Don't even bother reading. And you just get the feeling that he's at that point where it's like, it's it, he feels like everything and everybody is against him. And he says, that's why I don't read the press much. Because if I do, it, it truly is going to feel like that. And, you know, thankfully he has all the experience in the world as being a top player, being very famous. He is now used to the criticism and what it's like being famous and what it's like having all of the sports pundits talk about you pretty much on a daily basis. So it's it's very interesting what he says, and I thought it was something noteworthy, and I think it's interesting for you guys to hear it. So here's Ronaldo on why the press has been acting the way they are and really what they are doing and how they've misguided 
everyone throughout this whole situation with Manchester United. Thing that I have, it's I don't like to read because I know uh, 90% of the times they lie, they are garbage. The press, they are garbage. Not all of them, but most of them. They don't say the truth. Um, and they lie, they constant lie and they constant attack me and my family. They're always negativism against my family. Why I'm gonna read? Because I know they try to 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 make me feel bad, me and my family, which is is, is something hard to deal. But in the end of the day, I understand. But it's it's really really hard. The problem you have is you're too famous. You are the most followed human being on Instagram. That you have, I just checked, 495 million followers. I have just under two million on Instagram. Eight million on Twitter, <laughs> so I'm catching you on Twitter slowly. But but 400, you're nearly at half a billion followers on Instagram. I mean, that's insane. You're bigger than all the Kardashians put together. It's good. It's good. I feel proud for that. It means it means a lot for me because it means that people like me too. I'm charismatic. I think why I'm the number one. Sometimes ask ask that question to myself. Why me? And not another one. Why do you think it is? To be honest, I not just only because I I play good football because everyone knows, but I think the rest is is relevant. You have to be charismatic. People have to to feel some connection with you. I think to be good looking helps too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have the same problem. Yeah, I feel the same way. To be honest, Chris, I don't know the real reason, but I think. I'm charismatic, and I'm, I'm, I'm appetitive fruit. I don't know if we a what a fruit that oh, yeah. people want to bite. Yeah, I don't know the, the how, how you can say in English. Any particular fruit, or let's I, say I strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know the the reason. I mean, what's incredible to me is the the power you have. Appetite, to, to appetite, appetite, appetite fruit, appetite fruit. I don't know if it makes sense in English, but if it don't make sense, you'll learn. I'll, I'll research appetite for it, yeah. Okay. I mean, I have a pinned tweet, and it's you telling me I have good abdominals, which is a very good observation. <laughs> and it's only 10 seconds long. It's had 43 million views, this clip. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, because oh, 43 million people have heard the guy who actually has, has got good abdominals <laughs> tell me I've got good abdominals. But it showed me the, the sheer firepower you have in that in that world of social media it's just extraordinary is 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 what i what i tell you before um, i have uh, i have good things which is is you you can sell your own product let's say in that way but you have to to deal with many obstacles in your life too do you care if people hate you i mean a lot of people love you but obviously a lot of people don't you're so big, you're going to get both. But do you care about the ones who I care, hate Cristiano Ronaldo? I care the people who like me. I'm not waste time for the people who don't like me. I think it's waste of time. So he continues to talk about, you know, the different, you know, the people that like him, don't like him, and what he, what he thinks and, you know, what he focuses on. But you kind of get a gist of, you know, obviously how influential he is in terms of the media, social media the news, the punditry. And again, he says, you know, it's all garbage. It's all a bunch of lies. 
they've been misguiding people about this whole situation. And that's why I'm here saying everything very openly about what has happened and what has transpired at Manchester United. So I highly recommend that you go and watch the interview. You can look it up on YouTube, on uh, any social media platform. You'll definitely be able to see clips of it. There's a lot of really interesting points that he makes. Uh, and he really talks about his life and um, everything that's transpired. Obviously, at Manchester United and you know, looking forward to the World Cup. Very, It's a really, really great interview. It's about an hour and a half, the full interview. And so I highly recommend that you go watch it if you haven't had the chance. Now, where is he going to go? So, obviously, Manchester United, before the World Cup, announced that Cristiano Ronaldo and the club have parted ways. They mutually agreed to terminate the con- the contract. Clearly, after this interview, Manchester United saw the interview and said, yeah, okay, I think it's time for you to go. After everything you just you know exposed about us, because Manchester United, I mean, they're, they're not going to see Ronaldo now as somebody that can... Know, that they can trust after he just openly exposed all the poor things that they're doing and how poorly the club is being run and obviously saying what he said about the manager, about, uh, about Eric Tenog. And so Manchester United comes out and, you know, they agree with Cristiano Ronaldo. They obviously have discussions. We ter- they terminate the contract and Cristiano Ronaldo is now a free agent. He does not have a club. He's playing for Portugal in the World Cup, but he is—he doesn't have any club team to play for. A huge offer from Saudi Arabian club Al Nasser for over 200 million euros. Uh, that offer is on the table. That offer is on the table, and it's a possibility he does go there. You can't deny it. And actually, he rejected an offer from I believe it was the same club. I'm not sure. Don't don't quote me on that. I believe it was the same club. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. It was from the same club. If not the same club, though, from another club in that same region. And he rejected a contract for a ridiculous amount of money over the summer. I mean, it was like 300 and something million euros. I mean, just insane, the amount of money that they were offering to give him. So... That offer is on the table, but Cristiano Ronaldo, according to many reports from many different uh, news agencies such as ESPN, uh, such as the Daily Mail in England, such as El Diario Marca, El Diario As, uh, such as L'Equipe, uh, many other, many different, uh, many different media outlets uh, have said um, that yes, this is an offer on the table. But nothing's been said yet. You know, he hasn't decided. We, we don't know where he's going to go. He's focused on the World Cup. After the World Cup, that decision will be made. Now, I'd like to see him personally go back to Real Madrid. It, 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 would, it just feels right. It just feels like where he's been since he left Real Madrid. It hasn't been the same. And yes, he would return to Real Madrid and... He he maybe wouldn't have the same role. He's getting older. And in the interview, he does state, you know, he plans maximum to play two, three years more. He said that at 40, he wants to retire. He feels that that's a good age for him to retire. So I see him potentially going to Real Madrid. That would be amazing. 
if he returns back to Real Madrid as a fan of Real Madrid, I would be very happy. It would be a very happy ending to a wonderful career. And I really do think that him ending his career at Real Madrid would just be a storybook ending after the remarkable nine years he had at the club. It's a shame he left in the first place. And I think it would be a great place for him to come back and finish, be with old teammates, be able to, for the last couple of years that he plays, be able to revive and you know re-experience what it's like playing in El Santiago Bernabeu. And I think that it would be great to see him go there. If he goes to the Middle East, I'm I'm not personally a fan really of him going to the Middle East to be honest. Um, I I don't think you know if he wants to be competitive or considered competitive still, um, and competing at the top level, going in the Middle East is not really gonna. You know, and also, I think a lot of the political issues and all of the shady shenanigans that that are going on in the Middle East, unfortunately. Um, especially socially, there I don't think it's you know an area that I would go and you know play soccer there. But I can maybe see if he goes. Maybe he's thinking about it from the perspective of there's a lot of Real Madrid fans in the Middle East, meaning there's a lot of Cristiano Ronaldo fans in the Middle East, and maybe he's seeing it as an opportunity to perform in front of fans he hasn't been able to perform for. And maybe he sees it from that perspective and, you know, he says to himself, maybe I can go here and for the last few years, I can give these people who have had a lot to struggle with in this area of the world some joy with me on the pitch and they're able to actually see me in person play for a club in their region of the world. So maybe he's looking at it from that perspective. If he came to the U.S., that'd be great. There's already... Not really rumors. I mean, it's it's been confirmed by many, many sources. Here in the U.S., like CBS Sports, Fox Sports, in Europe as well, many of the big newspapers, uh, it's already been reported that Lionel Messi is probably going to sign a contract with David Beckham's Inter Milan. Excuse me, Inter Milan. Inter Miami. Inter Miami next season. After the end of the season with PSG, next season, Lionel Messi is going to come to the MLS and sign for Inter Miami. So that's very possible. It seems like that's in the works right now. There's just a lot, of, obviously, a lot of the details that are being negotiated at the, you know, currently between Messi, his agents, and 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 uh, Inter Miami. So that's a possibility. Could Ronaldo come to the U.S.? Certainly. I think that would also be a great option. We'd love to have him here. I think. The vast majority of fans would love to see Cristiano Ronaldo in the MLS. It would, you know, be amazing uh, for U.S. soccer. It'd be amazing boost for the for the soccer culture in this country, um, in in general, to just have a you know, a sports star like Cristiano Ronaldo play in your country. It's a big deal. If he came to the U.S., it really would be. And if he goes anywhere else in Europe, he might go to PSG. Wouldn't that be something? If Messi and Ronaldo play on the same team. You know, you never know. You never know. In football, you never know. And uh, I just hope that wherever he goes, he's able to have success and enjoy the last few seasons of his career. And I think the World Cup might influence a little bit the outcome of where he goes and how he's seen, if he's still seen as a top elite player. So far, he's been 
you know, I think a key player for Portugal. I think he's been good uh, for Portugal. I wouldn't say he's had his best version in the World Cup yet, but I'd say he's been very solid and certainly a key part of why Portugal um, are already qualified to the round of 16, even though they still have a game left to play. And I think the World Cup will influence that a little bit. And uh, I, I do think, though, in the end, that whoever signs him will be very much aware of what he brings, his, you know, his, his talent, his ability on the ball, his finishing. You know, you the consistency the consistency might not be there, but at the end of the day, the talent's always there. That is always there, and that spark that he has, the ability to change a game in an instant, that's something that never goes away. He still has that. And so I think it'll be important for whoever signs him to recognize the potential that they have, even with Ronaldo at 37, the potential they have on using him as part of their squad. I think it's an important thing um, that whoever signs him needs to be aware of. And Ronaldo is going to have to accept, I think from his perspective, he's going to have to accept that there's also a lot of young players coming up and he's not going to be as consistent on the pitch in terms of appearances and perhaps performances. And he's going to need to accept that he's at a point in his career where there's many other young players that need to get game time and that perhaps wherever he goes have already been playing on the team for a long time. And he he's not going to be able to play every game because of other options that managers have, young players, other options on the bench, obviously his age. So he's going to have to accept that. He's, he's going to have to accept wherever he goes. He's not going to have the star role. He's not going to be the entire focus. He's not going to be the guy. So he's going to have to accept that in this you know, final part of his career, there's going to be a different expectation, I think, for him wherever he goes. And he's going to have to accept his role wherever he goes. So I think, you know, it, it's it's going to be necessary for him to realize that, um, you know, he's his, the, his career is getting to an end. And that, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, yes, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. You need to use him effectively. But he needs to realize that, look, I need to be a fair sport. And if I don't get played every game, that's okay. He needs to understand that there's a new role for him now. now he's not the, you know, the young, you know, I'm not saying that he isn't a great player now because he obviously still is, but he's not the young lad that he was, and 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 that's just normal. That's just that's just life. That's the that's just how life works, and so he needs to accept whatever club he signs for he needs to accept that new role and so there's all my thoughts on the situation with Manchester United and Cristiano Ronaldo I hope you enjoyed this podcast be sure to follow the Instagram the real deal underscore 360 be sure to email me at real deal podcast 360 at gmail.com your thoughts uh, be sure to share with me what your opinions are on what's been going on with Manchester United and Cristiano Ronaldo, what you've heard, who you think is to blame here, 
And if you've listened to the interview, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well. So appreciate you guys tuning in and stay tuned for the next episode where we'll have a lot more to talk about with this exciting World Cup that is currently going on in Qatar. So stay tuned for the new episode. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next one. Peace.